You know, on November 12th in 1959, uh, in the newspaper, <coughs> the Peanuts comic strip came out. You all have heard of the Peanuts, right? Charles Schultz and all that. And it was Linus and Lucy, and here's what, what, what went on there. Linus, or Lucy's saying, you are a doctor? Ha! That's a big laugh. You could never be a doctor. You know why? Because you don't love mankind. That's why. And Linus says this, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. How many of you have ever felt that way? Come on now. <laughs> Isn't that the truth sometimes? There are people we love and there are people that we could probably do without, right? And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today, how walking in the truth of God will help us to see people the way God does and will help us to love even those who are unlovable. You know, um, I'm uh, really excited today to be able to share and and the reason is, is God's working in my own heart on this. So we're going to take a look at uh, three, uh, uh, the third book of John. And the third book of John is one of three letters that we believe that John, who was the disciple of Jesus, wrote to a church later in his life. You'll find third John right near the end of the Bible, and you might want to look there. And it's one of the shortest books in the Bible. In fact, it's only one chapter. And we're going to look at most of that chapter today. But to do that, it would help us to take a quick flyby of the letters that we're going to, uh, we're going to find in these three books. So although 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John aren't named as the letters of John, he calls himself the elder. And there's a theme running through these three books. And I think it will frame for us today what God wants to say to us. So that is that as believers, God calls us to walk in truth and love. Every believer is to walk all day long in truth and love. Now, that makes a lot of sense, but sometimes it's not so hard to do. But when we commit our lives to the Lord, we're defined by that commitment when people look at us by how we're walking and living in truth and love. So John shows us in these three books what walking in that truth and love looks like, and it leads to what he calls a unique fellowship. It, it leads to a community that is unlike any other when we are believers walking together in truth and love. And in that fellowship, we don't really have time to get through all three books, but look at these three books, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. 1 John is all about walking in fellowship with God. He's saying, dear children, love God and he will love you. And it's a book all about God's love and how he relates to us. Then in the second book of John, he is saying, be careful about walking or fellowshipping or having community with those who teach other things but the gospel of Jesus. And there were people in that early church that were teaching in Christian churches, but they weren't teaching about Jesus. And he said, be careful not to fellowship or commune with them. And then third John, which we're going to talk about today, is how we have fellowship with others. So when we walk in truth and love, we're going to be part of his church, and we're going to see fellowship and community. So I'm going to begin with the first 11 verses of chapter 3. And uh, if you can go to that book, you might just read along with me. And uh, uh, yeah, I did look up the pronunciation of some of these names because they're unusual. So here we go. Chat, or verse 1. The elder, to my friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy 
than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to each other, or to such people, so that we may work together for the truth. So I wrote to the church, by, 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 but Diotrephus, who loved to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he has been doing and spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so. Uh, I'm sorry, he even refuses. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. We have basically four characters here in 3 John. John, who's writing the book. Gaius, who is someone who is uh, a leader probably in that church that he's writing to. We have Diotrephes, who seemingly is maybe the pastor or uh, wants to be the head leader of the church. And then a little later in the book, we have a guy named Demetrius, who's coming as a traveling minister to that church. And John is going to talk about that in a minute. So... We've got that, and uh, we've got this interesting thing that John is writing a very personal letter, which we often don't see in the Bible, to a man named Gaius. Well, how does that, what does that mean to us? My name's not Gaius, obviously. Well, reading through this chapter helped me to realize something about believers and about people who walk with Jesus or don't walk with Jesus, and it's this. It's obvious when we're walking in truth and love and it's obvious when we're not. Would you agree with that? We can usually see that, and that's what we want to talk about. So, early on in the letter, he's expressing his thanks to Gaius for being an awesome believer, for loving people, for showing hospitality, walking in the truth, and John is obviously joyful about that. What does it mean to walk in the truth? Sometimes I think maybe it's a little easier to tell when people aren't walking in the truth. You know what I mean? They live in the world of half-truths. You're never sure if they're really telling the truth. They're making decisions based on things that don't seem true to the Bible. Or maybe they're people who are, are walking uh, by doing things and thinking things and even saying things in the moment that help them out, but in the long run aren't true. You can see the people who aren't authentic, can't you? I know I can uh, with the Lord's help. But that's not what we want to be in a Christian family. As believers, as part of Connect Church, as the church in general, we want to be people who are known as being people who are open and honest and authentic with one another, right? Not guarding or hiding anything, not giving you part of the truth, but giving you the whole truth. So John writes that he's grateful to Gaius because Gaius is just like that. He's in this church and he's welcoming. You know, they didn't have the Bible back then, so a lot of times traveling ministers would come into a church to teach. And when those traveling ministers would show up at this particular church, Gaius would welcome them in. Come, stay at my home. I'll feed you. I'll help you out. I'll be for you as you come and help us, right? And John was thrilled about that when he heard it, and he said, keep doing that. You know, I think of Connect Church, and there are some remarkable ways that I see people showing hospitality and love you guys take care of the pastoral staff and the facilities staff and everyone who works here by giving your tithes and offerings. And 
And, and we love you about that. And we thank you for that. And you continue ministry because of that. That's showing hospitality to us who work here all week. But also, we have, um, I'm getting some ring there, Ben. You're probably fighting with me. I apologize. Uh, uh, it's a great time to say thank you to our tech team who does an awesome job every Sunday, isn't it? You, would you just say thanks to them? I shouldn't have gotten after you, Ben. That was great. Thanks. You might not know, but there's like 30 people every service somewhere in this building serving to help you worship, and I'm grateful for them that I get to work with them. But some of you, well, I can see you here today. You foster kids. You show hospitality by bringing someone into your home that's not your own, that's a stranger when they come, but you show them the love of Jesus. Maybe you have adopted a kid uh, or adopted a child into your family. Maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt and uncle who said, you know, someone's having trouble taking care of their kid right now. I'm going to bring them into my home. That's great hospitality. Walking in truth and love, it's an amazing thing, you know. Others of you have reached out and made friendships with someone at Connect Church that maybe other people aren't so high on, and you're just like, they look like they're kind of lonely. I'd like to reach out and touch them. And You know, God sees that when you do that and you show that kind of hospitality. You know, um, some of you visit jails and, and encourage the people, the prisoners who are there. Others of you, I know, are working with, with those who are abused and sex trafficked and, and made slaves. Even in Akron, Ohio, that happens. And you're reaching out to those people as well. And that's showing great uh, compassion and hospitality, and, and I'm proud of you, but more importantly, it really honors God when we as Christians show that kind of hospitality. And that's the kind of thing Gaius was doing, and John loved it. You know, as we walk in the truth of our lives, they're going to be defined by uh, a spiritual sense of hospitality, no matter who we are, a welcoming attitude that, that embraces and honors the people around us. And guess what? This is just not for the outgoing people. This is for those that have trouble with being outward. We're all called to be hospitable and caring and loving. You just need to find the way God wants you to do it, right? So it might be welcoming someone into your home. It might be welcoming a life group. It might be uh, uh, something like that. Or it might simply be giving a gift card to someone who needs a little help or you just want to say, I'm thinking of you today and praying for you. That is all showing people that they care. Well, John mentions one other uh, brother in the Lord in a positive way later in this letter. It's in verse 12. It's Demetrius. And he says of this of Demetrius, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, even by the truth itself. Demetrius was a traveling minister. He was delivering this letter to Gaius, probably on behalf of John. And we'll find out in a minute why that was. And John is giving encouragement to Gaius that he should also extend hospitality and provision for Demetrius, who actually just brought this letter, he's basically vouching for Demetrius, saying, he's a great guy, he's well-spoken of by everyone, you're safe to keep him, show him hospitality as well. I love what's said of Demetrius right here, aren't you? Well-spoken of by everyone. You know, when someone's living a pure, Christ-filled life, walking in the truth and love, just being in their presence is often testimony enough that they belong to Jesus and that they're faithful to him. It's just something good about them that lets us know that they've been changed and that they're a child of God. I hope that's true about me, and I hope that's true about you. What would people think of you if they could describe your life as one marked by faithfulness and truth and love? Let's just get a little personal. The Holy Spirit does that with me all the time. Here's the question. Are you well spoken of by everyone? Am I well spoken of by everyone? Isn't that our goal? 
To be like Jesus and to let people see him and to be well spoken of has nothing to do with our, our need to be first or anything like that. It has to, everything to do with being a conduit of, of God's love to others. So Jesus was blessed to hear of Gaius' uh, uh, hospitality and love, and uh, he's honored to share Demetrius with the church there, and it's a great thing. Let me just say, do you know what kind of joy it brings to your pastors, to your life group leaders, to your parents or to your children, to your coworkers, to your boss, when, when he hears other people say, I am speaking well of that person. When you do something well, we love to hear about it. We love to hear that you've been Jesus to someone else in our community or in our church. It brings, just like it did to John, great joy to those around you when they hear. A couple weeks ago, we had our summer cookout, and if you were able to make it, didn't you just sense the goodness and the pleasantness of being together? Were you able to be there? It was wonderful. And just sharing the love of Jesus, the community, the fellowship that John is talking about is just extending our hearts to one another, and that was an awesome time, and that's what happens when we love one another. But like any church, I suppose there's people we can love and they're well-spoken of, and there's probably some people that aren't. And this letter from John has that as well. We wrote, uh, read about it just a minute ago. His name was Diotrephes, and let's revisit his story. You're gonna see these scriptures here. I'm not gonna read them again, but I think we're gonna see the scripture. There we go. So he talks about Diotrephes, and he says this guy's uh, not doing the right thing, right? Let me just name really quick as you read that scripture, six things that we see that he didn't do, or he, he was doing bad. First of all, he loved to be first, right? He sought the place of preeminence in the leadership there at the church. He refused to welcome those traveling ministers who would come to town to teach, and he even refused to welcome John himself. Just think about that for a minute. This was John who walked with Jesus while he was on earth, right? He saw the miracles. He hung out and was taught by Jesus. He saw Jesus crucified on the cross. He saw him raised from the dead. He spent time with him, and then he saw him ascended into heaven. I don't know about you. I'd like to hang around with a guy like that right? But Demetrius was so full of himself and evidently so against the teaching of what John was that he refused even John and those traveling ministers. Crazy. He spread malicious gossip about them. He told lies about them to make himself look better, probably. He withheld hospitality from other believers. He also required others in the church to stop giving that kind of hospitality. And if you did, he threw you out of the church. Sounds like my kind of church. How about you? What is wrong with this guy, right? Well, guess what his name, Diotrephes, literally means in the Greek? Nurtured by Zeus. Anybody remember Zeus from mythology? Zeus was like the king, the god, had to be over everybody, and he did some awful things to become over everybody, he even killed one of his own wives, because she was pregnant with his child, because he was worried about the child becoming better than him. Zeus was a mess, and Diotrephes is just like that as well. This guy's a real piece of work. Good, thank goodness that we're not like him, right? But, as you know the old adage, when you're pointing at somebody, what's pointing back at you? Three more fingers. So I want to take a look at how we may be not as bad as Diotrephes, maybe, but how we might be 
short on truly extending love and hospitality. So let's let the Holy Spirit do a little assessment in our own lives, shall we? Like Diotrephes, does pride, or does my pride hinder how I extend truth and love to anyone else in my life? Is there something that's keeping me from reaching out and extending my heart to any of you? Or for you, it's the same question, right? Is there someone that you refuse to associate because, quite honestly, you're just plain right and they're just plain wrong? Anybody like that? No, I know. Is there someone I won't show love to because they don't have their spiritual act together yet? Is there anyone in my life that I won't get close enough to me because they'll bring me down rather than me bringing them up? Is there a Christian or brother or sister that, that I just won't welcome into my heart because they're just too much drama, <laughs> right? Or they aren't quite mature enough yet? Or, or perhaps they've made choices that I just don't agree with, so I'm just going to cut myself off from that brother or sister in the Lord, right? Or here's one, and I, I hate to even bring it up, but it happens, and I'm sorry, but the Holy Spirit wants me to say it. Do you treat other people with grace and truth as long as they're outside the home? But as soon as you get in your home, your family feels like they have to earn your love and respect in order for them to have a welcome from you, even inside your own walls. Is pride in your life or mine, hindering us from extending truth and love to anyone else. So like Diotrephes, who was nurtured by Zeus, perhaps, in the wrong way, our pride gets the best of us. And I want you to think about this principle, and it's the next slide there. Pride nurtures me to push other people away. The nurturing that, that, that Diotrephes evidently had in his heart was to make sure he was king and that he was all on his own and that everybody followed his rule and that obviously would have pushed everyone away. You don't have to look very hard today in our culture to see all kinds of pushing and shoving, right? <laughs> Just look around you, read a little bit of social media, watch the news, look at the workplace, right? It, but it's always creating distance in our relationships. It's always pushing people away. And that's pride that does that. It shows up in our politics. It shows up in the workplace. It shows up when we judge our neighbor's lawn or what car they drive or how they dress. Ever judge anybody the way they dress at one of the stores you're out to? Walmart, right? <laughs> Hello? It's easy to do it, right? When we play this game with God, I mean, we can play this game with God that when he prompts me to bless someone, I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to that, God. I'm not quite ready to bless them yet because I haven't got my heart rate right, right? But God's saying, go do something for them. I'll get to it, God. That's even pride in our own hearts. It's nurturing us for dissension and division. And, and because the devil knows that, he's going to use that nurturing of pride in our own lives to wreck us and ruin us, even as a church. And many, many churches have fallen apart because nurture or pride has pushed people away from hospitality and kindness and peace and unity. We can agree to disagree on a whole lot before we get anywhere close to not being brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I want you to think about that today. But the good news is, is just as much as pride nurtures me to push others away, <laughs> humility nurtures me to pull others close. Isn't that great? Humility always wraps me up with other people. I want to be around people who are humble. And I want to be humble so that people come and, and they want to be with me. 
And that's the good thing. When we surrender our selfish ambitions and goals and we embrace the heart and truth of God, like Gaius did, we can't help but love others in the way that God loves us. His kingdom comes to our hearts and, and we see everyone around us is created in the image of God. And he died for every one of us and every one of the people that we see just like he died for us. And so if I really can grab a hold of that and humble myself and make it not about me, it becomes about other people very easily. You know, God's mercy and love is hospitable and loving and welcoming to all of us. Do you realize that today? I hope you do. Let's look at a verse in Psalm 103 because this is how God feels about me. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. That assumes the right that he does have, the ability to accuse us and be angry with us, right? He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Aren't you grateful we have a God that welcomes us, though he shouldn't have to? We don't deserve it. And there are people in your life and my life that probably don't deserve our loving kindness and our hospitality and our forgiveness. But in Christ, I want to push us that way today, that no matter what we think of them or what they've done to us, we can begin to ask God to extend his love and his mercy through us. And when he does, no matter whether they deserve it or not, that is walking in truth and love. Pastor Jason shared last week about uh, the good shepherd, Jesus being the good shepherd and how much he loves us. And, and you know how much he loves us? Philippians 2 tells us that. And it's simply this. We must have the same attitude of Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. The love of God is shown to us through the humility of Jesus Christ. And that humility is what draws me to his heart. Because he was humble, I want to be close to him. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. And that's what it looks like for a Christian to walk when we walk like Jesus himself. Well, Diotrephes' problem was, was that he was too proud to welcome John or any of the traveling ministers as they were coming through. And the truth of Jesus they were preaching and teaching was not the teaching that Diotrephes obviously wanted to do. And so John clearly says in verse 11, which we read, here's the problem with Diotrephes. And he's telling this to Gaius. Gaius, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. If you and I know Christ and are part of his family and his kingdom, <laughs> we are called to do good. And John tells us that when we're not doing good, we're doing evil. In fact, the verse says if we're evil, we've not seen God and that we are blinded basically towards God. I'm not sure that we really look at things in our own lives in relation to good and evil anymore. I mean, I was thinking about that, and I was like, do I do, I do that? The other day I was thinking, when I treat someone well, do I go back and say, that was good? God was good 
But if I treat someone like trash or I, I say something I wish I hadn't said or, or I don't do something that I should have done that God's calling me to do, do I say, well, that was evil? I don't know about you. Do you say it that way? I can do better next time is usually what we say. Or I wish I'd done better. John's saying if it's not good, it's evil. And I think we need to remember a little bit, not in a bad way, but God is good. Satan is not. And there's no in-between. When I'm doing the things of God, I'm doing good. When I'm not doing the things of God, I'm doing evil. And I believe that John hit, hit it right on the head there, that we need to be thinking of that a little bit more, and maybe we'll fudge a little bit less with our obedience to God and our wanting to walk in his truth and his love when we realize that when we're not, we're not on the right side and we're not going to see God. We're blinded to God and we're doing evil. So, how do we make sure we're on the good side? Well, we have to walk in truth and we've got to surrender our pride and quite simply, it's two words. Be humble. Be humble. Anything we want to see happen in our lives that is good and any way that I want to impact any of you or anybody in our community, any way that you want to impact somebody is going to come out of our surrender, our dying to ourselves and living for Jesus. No more of me, lots more of God is what's going to make fellowship and community and all those good things of walking in truth and love do. A few weeks ago, I'm just, I'm just saying this because I want Pastor Jason to know that I listened to him. He also said something else. Human, uh, he quoted a C.S. Lewis quote, and it's this. Humility is not thinking of yourself, or less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I love that. It's helped me a lot, and I appreciate that. When I think of myself less, guess what, guess what happens? I have more room in my life to think of you. Let me say that again. When I think of myself less, I have more room in my life for all of you. And it's the same for you. When you think less of your, or think of yourself less, you have more room to love and to honor and to be hospitable to those around you. But when you get wrapped up in your own pride, all of a sudden you're pulling away and you're not thinking about other people. You find that true? I find it true. So if humility is what it took for Jesus to come and save me, is it going to be any less than humility for us to be able to impact the world for him? I really believe that is such a key. In fact, Matthew 5, 16 tells us, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. When we're really doing stuff out of humility, God's going to get the glory because people are going to say, that person walks with God. I'm going to speak well of Randy today because he walks with the Lord. God help me to be that way, and you too. So not only do we need to be humble, but real quick, let me say one other thing that I think, or there's a couple other things come out of this book of 3 John. We not only need to be humble, but, but he also talks about being kind and sharing hospitality. So be humble, and then be kind and share hospitality. You know, I hardly even need to define kindness. I think we all kind of get it. You know when someone's being kind and when you're not. But let me just say, isn't it interesting that the word hospitality is based in the same word as the word what? Hospital, right? In fact, the modern era of hospitals was started by Christian doctors and Christian people who were giving medical health. And so you see a lot of, you know, St. Mary's and 
St. Thomas and, you know, all of those different places. It's because it's a heart of a Christian person and a ministry to share and to give hospitality with others. Can you believe you can actually get a degree in hospitality today <laughs> from a college? You know, a degree that says, I'm going to learn how to treat people well when they come to a hotel or a restaurant or, or whatever, right? Why is hospitality such a big deal? Well, I think we all have an innate desire to be welcomed, don't we? We all have something in our hearts that says, I just want to be treated well, please. Um, just acknowledge me. I'm standing here in line waiting for you to get off your phone, right? There's just something in us that says that's kind and that's generous. You know, it's a God thing. God created Adam and Eve, and then he walked with them and welcomed them into his paradise and creation right at the beginning of time. Of course, Adam and Eve sinned, and that, that distance became wider because pride came into Adam and Eve's heart. We can do it better than God. You see it happening? And they were pulled away from God. And so Jesus came and said, I'm going to humble myself and draw you all back to me. That's the principle. In fact, it's really how we are supposed to, as Christians, treat one another. And there are tons of verses about that. But let me share just one. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. Very similar to what Pastor Larry shared this morning. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Love one another. Show hospitality to one another. It's part of the Christian way. Now, in order to really kind of get into this, you know, this idea of receiving gifts and all that, I, I, I need some help, and I need you to help me real quickly here. Under some of your seats... There's a post-it note. Not all of you. Just right, right between your legs. Just reach down there and see if you find a seat. And if you don't find one, maybe it's an empty seat near you or a row in front of you. Hurry up. There's, there's a yellow post-it note. You can find it. Look real quick. Hold it up if you found one. Come on. I know there's some. Got one there? Should be seven or eight. Keep looking. You're going to want to find it. You don't know what's coming. Another one here? Come on, find some more. You're, it's probably under your seat because you're not looking. <laughs> Go ahead. It's just stapled right under the front of your seat. Right under the front of your seat. You'll find it. If you have one of those, come up here real quick, would you? Come on. Real quick. There's some more. Hurry up. Come on. Come on. Keep going. That's it. Come on. All right. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to give you a gift. Anything you want here, you can take. And just little things that say be kind, stay humble, you know, little trinkets that we see all over now. Go ahead, take one quick, all right? Real quick. Oh, 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 excuse me. By the way, because we're supposed to share our gifts, though, I want you to now find a stranger to give that gift to. That's true hospitality. You got to go the extra step. So find someone you don't know, find out their name, and say, here's my gift to you. Did you do it? Were you too proud to do it? Here's the point. God has given us so much kindness, and if we hold it for ourselves and put it on our walls or on a shelf to remind us of him and we do nothing with it, we've missed the point of being people who walk 
in truth and love. Everything you've given needs to be shared with someone else. One of the core values at Connect Church is this. We believe all people matter to God, and therefore, they matter to us. That's what we believe at Connect Church, and we live every day by it. So I'm going to ask you to pray and work together with me as a church, not to just be a friendly church. I I don't care that I ever hear that we're a friendly church again. I, I love that about us. But I want to be known as a church where people really matter to us, and we will be a church that's known by our huge, welcoming heart, by someone who, go, Connect Church, they'll do anything for you. They'll find someone to help you because they love you. Not just friendly when we walk in the door, but every day of the week, Connect Church is a place where we are showing hospitality and we're being kind and we're loving one another. Anybody with me? Would that be a great church to be a part of? Yeah, some of you. Good, good. The rest of you will try to bring along here. (laughs) So not only are we to be kind and uh, uh, humble, but we should also pursue unity in all of your relationships. That's basically what John is saying to Gaius. Be unified with the believers that I send to you. And in fact, in the middle of this, which we didn't really read, John says, when I come, I'm going to hang out and sit down with Diotrephes, and we're going to have a talk as well. And I think John was going to get after Diotrephes for having to be first and being a jerk, but he was also going to try to bring Diotrephes to the side of Jesus, right? And bring him closer. Diotrephes was showing disunity, division, by his attitude, but Gaius was treating other people like family and blessing them. There's a couple of verses that remind me of how much God wants us to be a part of our lives. First of all, this verse, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Does it say we have to live in peace and we have to wait for them to come to us? No, it says do all that you can. And here's another verse like that. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Jesus said, this is how you will know or how much you will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for one another. So John 3 really encourages us to be the type of person that everybody wants to hang out with. Be like Gaius. Honor, welcome, be kind to help other people. To, be, to fall back on a well-used quote, People are not going to care how much you and I know about Jesus until we know how much you and I care about them. In the church and outside the church. So our connection today, point today is, is pretty simple. I'm just going to ask you to do something. Be humble. Be kind. Bring unity. If people ever needed to see how much we love one another as a church, it's now. If people ever needed to know how much they matter to God, it's now. If people are going to know that they matter to us and we're going to have to show radical kindness and hospitality, humility, it's time for us to show them that right now. As people of God, we don't have the option that Linus was trying to find. We can't love mankind and not love people. So what's holding us back? What's keeping us from doing all we can for Jesus. Some of you do a lot, but I bet you can do more. And some of, you, some of us don't do enough, 
and I bet we could do more. I want to do a little exercise as we close. Would you do this with me? Would you read this passage out loud with me right now? Would you do that right out loud? Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, I want to read that again, but I'm going to grammatically change it a little bit, and hopefully this is going to make us all squirm a little bit. You ready? Here we go. I am patient and kind. Oh, back one. I've got two different... There, we're getting there. Hey, thank you. Here we go. I am patient, come on, and kind. I do not envy or boast. I am not arrogant or rude. I do not insist on my own way. I'm not irritable or resentful. I do not rejoice at wrongdoing, but I rejoice with the truth. I bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. How many of you felt like, I got all those nailed? How many of you squirmed a little bit reading that? It just didn't feel right, right? It didn't feel like I'm walking right in the truth of that. Well, I'm with you. But guess what? We don't have to. It's not us who does it anyways. You get the point? I don't care how good you are, you're never going to be good enough. There's a lot of good people in the world, but people without Jesus are still evil. So let's read it one more time together, and let's see if this feels a little bit better. Ready? Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not assist on his own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all. Now that sounds right. That rings true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not me, right? It's Jesus through us. So, are you like Gaius? Are you a little bit more like Diotrephus? Or are you somewhere in the middle? Let me share with you this. It's obvious when you are walking like Jesus, and it's obvious when you're not. So let's walk like Jesus. Let's be his church. It'll be an awesome thing. The worship team's coming right now. We're going to sing a song, a prayer. I think they're here somewhere. There they come. And they're going to lead us in a prayer. And it is simply this. Less of me, God. More of you. And I know that in our hearts, when we pray this, God's going to do a miraculous, incredible thing. And so I'm going to ask you to stand right now, and I'm going to ask you to join with them and with me in praying this prayer for my own life so that we are walking like Jesus.